Hi, everyone. This is Christy, and my guest today is Allende Bennett, who started our interview by explaining to me one of the reasons he's so passionate about helping students find their post-secondary and career paths. For him, it started when he was forced to leave his undergraduate program at George Washington University due to financial constraints. It made me realize, hey, this is not just happening to me. This is happening to so many other uh, young people that look like me and uh, are dealing with some of these same feelings that are arising from this particular situation. Allende went to work in education as a college counselor for a high school, which eventually led him to his current role at the Urban Assembly. The Urban Assembly is a network of 23 high schools and middle schools throughout four of the five boroughs of New York City. Uh, I still do the same post-secondary work, but in this case, I work more so with the educator to make sure the educator is equipped with both structures and systems in their schools to ensure that no student is left behind, no student is is missed when it comes to solidifying the post-secondary plan for them. Allende and his team recognized that their current system was broken and they set about to reinvent the post-secondary pipeline. They built a program called Career Connected Learning and he came today to share the tools that he used to do it. You're listening to the Ed Curation Podcast. We're bringing you stories from educational leaders about the instructional resources, practices, and movements that are reshaping learning. I'm not sure your experiences uh, around college or post-secondary, but when I attended school, and I mentioned a bit of my journey, I was told, go to college, you'll figure out what it is you want to do, right? That was kind of the motto or the thinking when I was in high school. What we're aiming to do with this program, what we've done, is we've kind of reversed the model. This is essentially what it breaks down to, is that we say, who, who am I as a student, right? So identity of self. Who am I? What do I like to argue about? What can I win an argument about? What am I passionate about? Um, <laughs> what are my skills? What's my learning style, right? Yeah. Let me understand those things about myself first. Now that I know who I am, what I'm interested in, we then look at what careers, plural, what careers are out there that I might be able to apply those skills, my interest, my passion, what careers, again, plural, might be out there that I might want to look into. And once you've identified the careers you're looking for or they're interested in, then we look at what's the vehicle that will help get me to that particular career. In many cases, it's college, but in some cases, an apprenticeship. Sometimes it's an internship. Sometimes there are various pathways that exist. And one thing I typically say, and we said the urban assembly is that, you know, my job is really to provide you with options, right? I don't want you to think that there's one way to do things. And so essentially we want you to identify what are your interests and how can I then, what are the steps I need to take both in the high school setting and outside to then get to that goal that I've uh, kind of identified for myself. And so uh, that's really at the crux. Not only does the Career Connected Learning Program help students assess their skills and passions first, but they start the process much earlier than the traditional 11th and 12th grade scramble. Students start exploring career interests as early as middle school and even upper elementary. It's also uh, experiential learning. So now that I know what it is that I'm interested in and what it might take to get there, what are some of the experiences I can then have, again, internships, apprenticeships, work-based learning experiences that I can have in high school that will then help me narrow down what is it that I want to go further into now that I've had these experiences? 
I'm sure that we all know those students and adults, you know, some of my peers even, who feel like they spent so much time earning a degree or pursuing a career that was not a fit for them or maybe is not a fit for them. And now they're so far in or they've spent so much money on their degree that they just feel like, well, I'm I'm committed now. I wish somebody had asked me the right questions somewhere along the line. Yeah, misalignment uh, in terms of majors. I mean, again, mm-hmm. our, the, the focus is to have students in the driver's seat. So often it's the counselor or the parent that tells students what it is that they should be doing or where to go and what's a good major. And so we ultimately, by starting earlier, by helping them identify the things that I mentioned, we're hoping to put students in the driver's seat of their process. Because the longer you're in school, the more it costs having the wrong major, kind of misalignment in your major, that's going to cost you. And so when students are dropping out without a degree, and maybe their debt is $16,000, I mean, $16,000 for some is insurmountable. How do we actually prevent that from being the starting point that many of our young people, certainly in our urban assembly schools and beyond, that that they face? How do we actually prevent that from even being their circumstances when they enter college? Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks. Ayanda, can you give us a picture of how it is that the Urban Assembly actually partners with these 23 schools? Is it like a push-in program? Is it curriculum that you're providing? What is it? What I think makes the Urban Assembly different, but special and also special, is that we offer support, right? So if you look at my office, right, there are multiple departments at my office. So there's uh, social emotional learning, there's a team that focuses on academics. There's a team that focuses on leadership. There's a team that focuses on post-secondary success and readiness or readiness and success. That's my team. And so what we do is we specifically work with those stakeholders that do that work in each of our schools. We lead in support through like a coaching lens. And so we work with, you know, again, I work with post-secondary readiness and success. So Anyone that has to do with that work at a school. So for me, principals, APs, guidance counselors, anyone related to post-secondary work at an urban Sunday school, that's who I and my team specifically work with. While the 23 schools within the urban assembly are already part of an established network, the success of their post-secondary program has motivated other schools and districts to seek their support and advice. You know, I don't have our numbers in front of us, but, you know, when it comes to graduation rates, when it comes to uh, post-secondary success, I mean, we're, we're ahead of the game in New York City in the sense that uh, I, I think it's because we are offering those supports, but I think we, we do a really good job of supporting not just the students, but really supporting the educators that then support the students. Our work takes place in our schools, but it's certainly when something is successful, we often will scale it to beyond our schools. And so I am pulled between both urban Sunday schools and other school districts that have, you know, have a need for the work that we are able to do successfully. Yeah, that's great. So you're creating a little bit of a template and also a library of resources. So the program that Urban Assembly has created is called Career Connected Learning. And one of the tools, which is a third-party tool that you have incorporated into the program that you offer, is Zello. And for listeners, it's X-E-L-L-O, like Jell-O, but with an X. And so tell us about Zello. 
let me just make sure that it's a clear picture of the program yeah. and where Zello fits in. We go into our schools, and this is essentially the steps that we take. We make sure that there's a, a, a school-based post-secondary readiness team, right? I'm describing career-connected learning. A school-based post-secondary readiness team, so typically that involves principal, AP, again, anyone who's guidance counselor, who's part of the post-secondary process of the school. We make sure that we have regular meeting times. And in the fall, we typically will discuss the structures that need to be in place. So do you have post-secondary fairs? Uh, if not, what does that look like? Where does that live in the year? When does that take place? Who needs to be involved? Who's owning that? Do you have a structure for internships? So students say, hey, ninth grade, I took this career connected learning class. In 10th grade, I'm, I want to try an internship. What's the process that exists for students to then uh, find that internship or apprenticeship or, or whatever it may be? That's the fall. The fall is our coaching around structures. We have a curriculum, which is part of career connected learning. The curriculum, again, is lessons that revolve, I mean, you know, they're really based on what I mentioned before, identity of self, then looking at career, looking from, you know, I'll give you the order of it. So identity of self is the first unit. The second unit is looking at careers uh, and career clusters and what's out there and what I'm connected to. The third is looking at, you know, education options. Like now that I know what career, again, what vehicle will get me there. The fourth unit, we look at financing. We know financing, sometimes when you look at college, people can feel that, oh, this is too expensive, but we want to make sure that they realize the various ways, whether it's scholarship or the idea of what a sticker price is versus the actual price. And, and the fifth unit is, is backwards mapping. So it's saying, now I know who I am, what I want to do, how I'm going to get there. What do I need to do in high school, both in high school and, and outside of the high school setting to actually get to that goal? We map out what classes I need to take and, and so forth and so on. So there's a curriculum component. Part of the curriculum we use, or with it baked into the curriculum, is Zello. Now, Zello, I'm going to give you a little context on why we are excited about Zello, why we like Zello and even use Zello, is because one of the things, again, going back to my experiences as, as a uh, college counselor, is that, you know, I often notice that uh, students would write something down one year and then it maybe ends up in a folder and then gone the next year folder is gone or the educator themselves is gone. And so we know we, we knew that we needed a place where everything, every thinking uh, that a student is having from a visit they did to a work site, a visit they did to college, whatever reflections they're having, we wanted a place where everything could live, right? So Zello served that purpose for us where no matter if the educator leaves, that information is there. As the student goes from ninth grade to 10th grade to 12th, 11th, their reflections, their thinking, their you know, you can have kind of vision boards that you can create. All of that follows them as they move through high school. So that's one piece we liked about it. The other thing is that Zello offers assessments. Students can then, you know, take a personality assessment. And so that's a way for them to learn more about who they are, their interests, all that I mentioned before, but it lives there. And uh, there's Matchmaker, you know, which is another assessment they use, which is then looking at, you know, based on who I am, the career. You know, I mentioned that piece also. So we wanted a place where all the assessments that we already feel are important can live and stay there. And Zello provided that. You can take certain lessons that directly connect to that assessment. So we look at personality. So what are the lessons in the curriculum that directly connect? Those can be uploaded to Zello. And so that it becomes kind of a seamless 
place where everything can live. And so that's kind of why we select it. That's how we use it. And again, the, the biggest piece is that everything lives in one place. We found that to be a big issue, again, around turnover or just things disappearing, <laughs> you know, from one year to the next, as they often do. And, and that can be counter to, I think, a student's kind of journey and uh, figuring out what it is they want to do and growing and knowing where they came from or where they're going. Educators can grade the work there. They can give feedback there. It's a way that you can, you know, parents can even be included. So it's a way that everything to be kind of central. And then you can kind of plug all of the key folks, all the key stakeholders from family to educators to whomever else, the student themselves, to be able to just track their own work, to see the progress of their own work. Yeah, great. Thanks for clarifying all of that. So it sounds like there's kind of a give and take and a flow in both directions. So for a school that doesn't have any kind of career exploration curriculum, Zello could be their whole program. But for you, you have a program and you're using some of the functionalities and resources within Zello to help facilitate that program and maybe pull in some of their lessons. And also will give Zello a lot of credit. I'll say it's a very, to me, I find it to be a very user-friendly platform. I think it's very student-friendly specifically. So I think, you know, I, you know, so the other things I really want to, as an educator and someone who goes into various schools and kind of watches these lessons unfold in advisory or classroom settings is, and I think I picked this up from a Zello training maybe some years ago, but we often have a, essentially a Zello leader at their school so that there's someone who is very well-versed in the platform so that if issues arise, there's someone there that is on site. Because I'm not in every school every day. I mean, there's a lot of schools to move around. So who can be that person that's bought in? Who can be that person on the team that can own that work to make it as seamless as possible to really exemplify how it can be successful? I just want to highlight that's a large part of what we do also. So the Career Connected, it's not just giving them these things. Hey, here you go. But the coaching component, the, that, that's a major part uh, to make sure that it's implemented and runs with fidelity. I love that you're saying that. I worked for several years as a literacy coach and a, an instructional coach. And there were a lot of districts that we worked with who just wanted the stuff. Just give us the stuff. We'll just yeah. give it to our teachers and they'll be fine. And they were never fine because that's not the way no. people learn. In, in my experience, I mean, you know, just to kind of piggyback on the same thought, but I, I have, you know, from working directly in schools and just what I see every day, you know, when I think when people create something for themselves and they have ownership, of it, you know, they know what it is and how they're going to use it and the, the pacing and timing of it. But when they're given something, you know, already that there can be some feelings around, all right, this is, I got to, you know, here's something I didn't create. So I need to learn, learn it. Over. But we make sure we give them time to internalize what it is. And, and honestly, in our curriculum, we give space for them to bring themselves into it. How do we make them feel more conversation? How do we give space and time for educators to bring themselves in, their authentic selves in, to say, hey, this is about career pathways. Let me tell you about my career pathways. Let me, let me share some things about, so I'm not just educator and student. It's, here's actually how I got to the place that I am. Let's talk about this. Let's take this topic. Because ultimately, again, going back to the, the beginnings of this whole Career Connect, is that these conversations, again, I said this already, 
But 12th graders were coming in, not only not knowing what these concepts were, but they were being asked to do them at the same time as learning them. And I think it's unfair. So, you know, if we introduce them in earlier grades, just the topics of conversation so that by the time you are a 12th grader, you're not hearing loan and uh, subsidized loan and credit scores and the importance of that. You're not hearing all of that for the first time. You get to 12th grade and say, okay. I've had some conversations about it. I have some familiarity with what that is, but it's not something that's scaring me off. It's not something that's, you know, blockage in the process. It's, I'm familiar with it because I've been hearing that word or that concept since I was in ninth grade. I even had work-based learning experiences in 10th and 11th grade. So I have a better sense of what that is, what that, what that job looks like, what it feels like, and the fact that I don't want to do it, right? So, or that I do want to do, whatever it may be. But just that's the that's I can't drive that home enough. It's like how do we put students in the driver's seat and introducing to a lot of these concepts and uh, ideas around just post-secondary planning, life after high school, that we feel that needs to happen earlier. Yeah. So you talked about how Zella sort of filled this niche in your program or this this need that you had to organize things all in one place and then it was a really usable platform. Did you consider other options? Was there anything else out there? And if so, why did you choose Zello over those other options? Yes, this was, you know, a team decision. And um, so I was just one member of a six-person team that ultimately made this decision. Let me summarize here briefly. Allende mentioned multiple other platforms that we won't name here, but the downsides of the other options were that they weren't user-friendly, so counselors weren't using them. And some were only teacher-facing and not student-facing. Zello has more activity to what it is that we were building. I mean, it has, I think one of the newer features is work-based learning, kind of specifically section of it. But it just, you know, the user-friendliness I mentioned before, but it had stuff on career. It had, you know, whether it was salaries or career clusters. I mean, it, it had kind of what our kind of theory when building this career connected program and it had a lot of that already built into it and it had again you know it had a lot of where you could enter information you can edit it you know multiple people can access what you're writing so reflections could live there you know just had a lot more i think easily digestible for both student and certainly educator information that was just in one place. You know, I get feedback from students. I get feedback from the advisors or, or teachers that are leading this course. Uh, I also get feedback from principals. We sort of sent out surveys to know kind of what are people's thoughts around the curriculum, around Zello. But the overall feedback is largely positive. But it, with the platform, I think there seems to be the consensus is it's pretty widely appreciated by our stakeholders, I would say. Yeah, good. Well, you read my mind because that was one of the things I was going to ask you is what do you hear from teachers, classrooms, students, administrators, and even parents? I'm wondering, it sounds like you do spend a lot of time in classrooms with focusing, I guess, mostly on teacher practice, but also some with students. Do you have any favorite success stories around just the program in general, the Career Connected Learning, but or specifically with Zello? One of my moments I'm most proud of, you know, I had an advisor that was very resistant. And this is a school, one of the schools we work with, uh, located in Harlem. And 
you know, they have a lot of things that were happening in the community. There was a lot of moments of violence that happened. And a lot of that would come into the, you know, into the building, not the actual violence itself, but the feelings around what's happening in the neighborhood, what's happening uh, around our young people. That would be the topics that people would want to talk about, rightfully so. And I had an advisor who, you know, we sat down and he shared that with me and said, look, you know, how do we, how do I teach these kind of career and, you know, how do I teach these lessons when there's so much happening around? And we had a long meeting, maybe about an hour and a half. And I, I appreciate it because what came out of it is that this gentleman, this educator had a lot of experiences himself. He had a wide range of experiences, life experiences that the students could connect with. And what came out of that hour and a half conversation, which I really appreciated, was that we found ways that he could bring his experiences in and connect them to the lesson. So if we're talking about identity itself, or we're talking about, you know, career pathways, or we're talking about, you know, uh, know, a lot of our lessons I didn't mention before have a lot of SEL competencies that are built into them. So social and emotional learning competencies, you know, speaking about awareness or think about just the different competencies that he didn't know at a time and maybe learn later on. I mean, just ways that he could really internalize and personalize the curriculum. And I think once he was able to see it that way, you know, it really, he really got excited about it. I mean, it really was kind of a turnaround from kind of just, you know, saying this is not really what we need right now. He really, you know, did a 180. I think he kind of tailored the lessons and took what was there. He kind of remixed them a little bit, which we encourage. We certainly encourage our curriculum not fixed. We, I never, and we never go into a school and say, you have to do it this way. That was a major win for me. And I think for the program as well, it's a really good example of someone taking the curriculum and making it their own. And then I think in terms of Zello, one thing I've seen is where schools have used things that we intend, Zello pieces that we intend for ninth graders or 10th graders, they might use them across the board. And they'll say, hey, look, you know, all of our students actually need, like our students, it's great that the younger grades are getting this, but, um, you know, what about the 11th to 12th grades who did not get this because by the time this came to our school, they were already in 11th grade. You know, I can think of one school where they had every grade using it. And that wasn't the intention when we came in, but I think they said, hey, you know, I think all of our students, again, either didn't get this, but I think all of our students would be need this and would be into this. Thank you. If I'm not mistaken, Zello's program does go all the way down through the elementary grades. It does. Yeah. So I I never love asking this question because it's almost like it puts too much weight on the whole idea of grades and outcomes. But I know that educators are always interested in hearing about, you know, just outcomes. So what is your system for measuring success when you go in to work with a school? And what has some of your data shown? Yes, one piece is we have a pre-questionnaire. It's about 20 questions, maybe max 25. And it really just asks students before they get started with the curriculum, before the class kicks off in the spring, what's your knowledge around kind of how career education connects to the career you want? We start with that to see where students are. All of our students that are doing this class are required to take this questionnaire. And then we do a post, and the class happens the spring, and then we do a follow-up, a post-questionnaire, and we see if that's, if we've moved the needle. 
but also looking at uh, what are their open-ended questions? Are they, what are they saying to us? So we have a questionnaire, again, pre and post. We also, the Zello assessment, but we also, we had students do a group kind of conversation where they're sharing with us directly what are their feelings around the curriculum and Zello and, you know, how do they feel about that? Certainly, I want to highlight the young people and see what they're saying is working for them, what's, what's not working for them. And then I spend my summers, as I'm doing now, tweaking this program as well as other programs we work on and making sure that they are in even better shape for the next year. What are they saying? What has been some of the student feedback? The student feedback is generally very positive. It varies depending on the structure in the school, right? But overwhelmingly, you know, if, if the structures are in place and, you know, we're on the same aligned with school and how this should look, then, you know, I think students are saying they appreciate having the conversation. They appreciate sharing with their other students in their classroom about kind of the careers they're interested in. They, so the one, one of the best conversations I've been a part of, there's a lesson that ties into lifestyle or it's about lifestyle, but it ties into a, a piece in Zello that you can look at careers and the, you know, tell you kind of the salaries that different careers offer. And that has been a while, that lesson always stands out to me because that one's like a wildly successful, but it's wildly fun for young people. One, I love seeing them being introduced to careers they didn't know existed. I love seeing them get kind of a dose of reality of the salaries that come with some of those careers. But the lifestyle lesson covers, and again, we're in New York City, the cost of a one-bedroom apartment, the cost of life with kids, the cost of, do you want a vacation? You know, all the things that, you know, one seeks in life or, or has to do in life, you know, uh, having a kid, the cost of school, right? So seeing them kind of, those two, the lesson that we create, but how it connects to uh, pieces in Zello, seeing how they align and seeing students having those conversations. That's the best feedback I've seen students really light up to be able to share and hear from others and to think about really some of these ideas of, you know, where they want their life to go and what it takes to get there and, yeah. and so forth. So It's funny. Income does tend to be at the forefront of a lot of their minds, like, when they're choosing careers, yeah. you know, what, what can I make? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think, you know, I think it, it's the last part is that I think depending on who you're speaking with, if money has been something that you have not had or has played a role in your life and the things that you're able to do or not able to do, mm-hmm. then it makes sense that it, it's the forefront. And you know, I see a lot of, you know, my former students who want engineers because they knew that was a career that made money. And I think money plays a role in everyone's life, but it's, plays a different role depending on a young person and their family's background. So who would you recommend Zello to specifically? Because educators out there who are listening can definitely get a hold of and utilize Zello within whatever existing career exploration program they have or incorporate it into various content areas in their school, whether or not they're partnering with the Urban Assembly, right? There's got to be buy-in from it. It's got to be top-down in terms of buy-in because what I've observed in my own school that I worked in and urban assembly schools that I traveled to 
is that something can be a great idea and if it's, you know, one person that's owning it, but it's not coming from the top down, then, you know, the direction that schools are going might pivot and that good thing just ends up on the wayside, right? So I think it has to be something that, you know, school leaders are saying, we are going to be using this platform for these reasons. This is the why behind using this platform in our school. And so I, I recommend, so the buy is one piece, but I recommend it to, you know, I think certainly in advisory spaces, I think in advisory space, it's great because it gives something interactive, conversation-based that can be done in, in advisory, right? So I think it's good there. I think it can be brought into a number of classes. How do we get this into core classes, right? How do we get mm-hmm. out of the curriculum, actually, but also some of the pieces of Zello that, you know, if you're talking about finances and you're talking about, you know, something that has to do with numbers, is there something that Zello touches on that you can then bring into that math class that then can can speak to that, can give you an example, get it in front of school leaders so they can see what it is, understand it, and kind of say, this is what we're going to be implementing. I think that's a good place to start. Zello is the only career development program built with the entire district community in mind. With a carefully designed student-centered experience, Zello meets accessibility standards and offers age-appropriate career development for every student from primary through 12th grade. Zello is available in both English and Spanish, and they offer a free pilot opportunity. You can learn more about the resources and services of both Zello and the Urban Assembly through the links in the episode notes or by searching Zello, X-E-L-L-O, at edcuration.com. You'll also find links to Allende Bennett, where you can reach him directly with any questions or requests. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Ed Curation Podcast to learn how to support students' post-secondary journeys and assured success. If you enjoyed this episode, we hope you'll take a few seconds to like, comment, and share. And if you have a favorite resource or topic that you'd like to share with the Ed Curation audience, let us know in the comments or contact us through our website at edcuration.com and join us for our next episode of Reshaping Learning with the Ed Curation Podcast.